Welcome to the Blind Justice Podcast, where you discover the insider secrets of injury and accident cases, and all of your law questions get answered. Now, here's your host, Chicago injury lawyer, Scott DeSalvo. Hey guys, it's great to be back with you again, and uh, the search for a co-host continues. I was actually supposed to meet with a co-host, I think I've decided on today, but uh, I think she had a conflict and couldn't make it. So she's actually a improv and stand-up comedian and a great person to talk to, great voice. So I'm looking forward to bring bringing her on. Probably won't be for a couple of podcasts because she's got st- some stuff she's got to sort out. But I'm pretty excited. If you know, if anybody would like to be a guest on the podcast, or if anybody uh, would you know want to consider being a co-host on the podcast, if you got any experience or an interest, you can still give me a call. You know, it might be that uh, the the lady I'm thinking about doesn't work out, and like I explained in uh, last week's podcast. I don't want to bore you guys to death. You know, I'm all about giving the important information you need to know about injury cases, but I want to do it in an entertaining way so I don't bore you to death. So I'm all about the information. You know, I want you guys to have what you need and end of the day, if I can deliver that to you in a way that makes you comfortable and helps you make better decisions, if God forbid you or a loved one's been hurt, then really that's my goal. Um, you know, but to do it entertaining so you actually listen to the darn podcast. Um, so uh, I'm a little hoarse, and I think I'm coming down with a cold. I went to uh, – a buddy of mine has uh, Cubs tickets. Like him and six friends have four seats, and then they, like, all go in, and then they split it up. And, you know, when they can't go to a game, they sell the tickets. But he asked me to go to the Cubs game with him last minute, and we went to the Cubs game, and it was, like, 40 degrees and cloudy and windy. And, you know, thank God I brought, you know, a jacket. But, whew, wasn't horrible and you know it was an, an exciting game the cubs are great this year and so are the Sox. even though i'm not like the biggest baseball guy in a, uh, around sports in chicago really awesome right now uh the bears under john fox is uh you know they're drafting great guys and they're going to be a winning organization um hawks got knocked out of the playoffs but still you know it's a dynasty it's a great team and now chicago baseball is just crushing it so Good time to be a sports fan in Chicago. Bad time to go to a baseball game when it's 40 degrees out and windy because my throat feels like it's on fire. So um, hopefully I don't sound too congested. I'm a little bit stuffed up. I'm afraid I've got a cold. I'll just take it easy tomorrow. Hopefully we'll be able to take care of it. So um, in the in the last podcast before this one, we talked about personal injury stuff. Uh, you know, we talked about the division between – uh, the big division in injury law. So either a case is personal injury or a case is workers' comp. And the difference is workers' comp is a special law that they passed to protect injured workers. So really what happened, I think, is big business went to the lawmakers in the state of Illinois as they did all around the country. And they said, look, will trade you certainty of recovery if one of our workers get hurt for a cap on damages. And really that kind of is what workers comp boils down to. So the the main thing for you to understand is if you get hurt as an employee at work, you cannot sue under most circumstances. Occasionally you can, but it's very rare under the vast majority of circumstances. You cannot 
take your employer to court for a physical injury on the job. You have to file a workers' comp claim over at the Industrial Commission. No jury trial, no pain and suffering, and the damages are are often capped. So um, on smaller cases, it's, you know, very competitive in personal injury now. Smaller injury cases in a personal injury case, um, you get less money. And so now what you get out of a comp case on a small injury is actually pretty similar to what you sometimes get in a personal injury case. But as a general rule, the bigger the injury in a workers' comp case, uh, you're going to get less money than if you could sue in a third-party case. So that's actually one of the main reasons why if you have a comp injury and you suspect that there's anybody other than your employer who contributed to the accident taking place, you might be able to have a workers' comp case and a third-party personal injury case. So it's a good reason to talk to a lawyer. Um, a lot of times the money you get in a comp case, given the injury, are, just really doesn't fully compensate you. And if you've got a third-party case, it's additional money to compensate you for what you lost. So, you know, in the last podcast, we talked about personal injury. In this one, we're going to talk about workers' comp. Um, so in workers' comp, uh, I think the guy's name was John who wrote me. Uh, he had been, I think, in a car accident, and he wanted to know, like, I've never talked to a lawyer before, never uh, had a lawsuit before. He wanted some information. So that uh, we talked about personal injury cases, car crashes, fall downs, nursing home abuse, all that stuff in the last podcast. And uh, in the last podcast, like this one, I sort of explained that comp is its own thing. Workers' comp is its completely own thing. So I, I figured since last time we talked about personal injury, this time we should probably talk about workers' comp. So workers' comp involves any time you're hurt on the job in the state of Illinois. And in fact, basically every state in the United States has its own workers' comp law. But because it's a state law, it varies from state to state. So here in Illinois... Um, there are, there are just a few things you need to know. So let's say you're in John's situation, except you were hurt at work. Here's what you need to know. The first thing you need to know is that there are basically two time deadlines in workers' comp cases. The first one is called the 45 day rule. And under the 45 day rule, you've got 45 days from the date of your injury to let your employer know you were hurt on the job. Okay. Um, I always tell people, if you're hurt on the job, tell your employer that Im immediately, right? So occasionally I have people who call me up and say, uh, hey, Mr. DeSalvo, I, I got hurt at work, but it was a couple of weeks ago and I didn't tell anybody because I was afraid to lose my job. Well, they think their case is over, but it really isn't. Uh, you've got 45 days to report it. Now, obviously, if you get hurt at work, you don't tell anyone. You keep it a secret for two weeks, and then two weeks later, you report the accident. When you know, if that case has to go to trial, it's not as strong a case as if you had reported the accident right away. But my point is, even if you did keep it a secret and didn't report it uh, right away, as long as you report it within that forty-five days, you're going to be fine. Uh, I encourage people to do it sooner, but that's the first deadline you need to know about is the 45-day rule. The next one you need to know about is the three-year statute of limitations. So the, the three-year statute of limitations in workers' comp means you actually have to fill out the paperwork and file the case at the commission 
within three years of your injury. So if you got hurt in 2014, uh, let's say January 1st, 2014, you would have until January 1st, 2017. Am I doing the math right? 14, 15, 16, 17. Yep. January 1st, 2017 to file the paperwork. Now, if you don't report the accident within 45 days, and if you do not file the paperwork at the commission within three years, then your case is over, right? So those are big red letter deadlines. And, you know, there are deadlines in PI cases too, uh, personal injury cases. Some of, some, uh, personal injury cases are over in a year, usually if you're suing the city or the CTA. Um, and then other cases are, are, most common deadline is two years in a personal injury case, but in workers' comp, it's three years. So those are the two big deadlines. The other thing that I want to explain to you, it's I hate to be wordy, but I believe it's important for you to understand why I tell people these things. So I don't think this is popular for lawyers to explain because lawyers like to, you know, we like to be in control and you know we want people to be impressed with how smart we are and how in control we are. But the truth is in workers' comp cases, the doctor who is your treater really controls your destiny. Let me explain why. In workers' comp, you know, your judge in the case is an arbitrator. And so here's what you're entitled to in every workers' comp case. You're entitled to medical care from a doctor you choose for injuries related to your work accident. You're entitled to be paid two-thirds of your salary while you're off work treating with a doctor's note. And then at the end of the case, you're entitled to a lump sum of money to compensate you for the difference in your body because a body that that is injured or was once injured is not the same as a perfectly healthy, never-injured body. Anybody who's ever had an injury knows that. You, you got aches and pains even in a, a minor injury case. So here's the deal. Um, as much as lawyers would like to tell you that they have control over getting you paid, over uh, making sure you're getting appropriate medical care, the truth is choosing a doctor in a workers' comp case who is on your side and maybe has some experience with workers' comp is solid gold. And that's why most people, when they get hurt at work, their employer sends them to a company clinic or a company doctor. Now, you know why that happens. Like, it's actually the perfect name because it's completely descriptive of what that doctor is. That's not your doctor. It's the company doctor. And who do you think the company doctor is there for? Do you think the company doctor is there for you? Or do you think the company doctor is there for the company? If you chose company, you guessed right. Because here's the deal. Chances are that company doctor or that clinic gets a lot of business and makes a lot of money by having employers or workers' comp insurance companies send patients to that doctor. So that doctor is going to do everything ethically and within his power to make sure that that insurance company or that employer is happy. And what makes them happy? Um, minimizing treatment, sending patients back to work, even if they're not quite ready, right? So that's why I always tell people, now, look, I've, I've handled dozens and dozens of workers' comp cases where my client decided to treat with a company doctor, and that's cool. I'm cool with that um, if that's what you want to do. If the doctor's being cool with you, their treatment's appropriate, and you want to stay with the company doctor, you can do it. It's a little bit dangerous. I'd rather have you treat with a doctor who only 
is concerned with your health and your well-being. Why? Because if the company doctor at some point gets an indication from the insurance company uh, or the employer, no matter how cool they are early on, if they get a call from the adjuster, uh, insurance adjuster from the workers' comp insurance company to cut off your benefits, they're going to do it. Um, you know, maybe you're not better yet, but maybe the people at the company think you should be better now and think you should come back to work. You don't want to be in a situation where you've been treating with a doctor for six months. He's been cool with you. And then all of a sudden he turns on you, makes it harder for us if we end up having to go to trial on the case because the judge's situation is going to be like, well, wait a minute. This guy treated with this doctor for six months and then the first time he sends him back to work, he switches doctors. That's very suspicious. So, you know, it's like I said at the beginning of the podcast, a lot of this stuff is just you'll you'll never know it until you get some experience doing it. And so I have experience doing it because it's my job. There's no way for you to know this stuff on your own. So you shouldn't feel bad if you don't know it because, you know, it's like anything else. If if you wanted me to back up a semi truck, it, it would not go well. <laughs> You know, if you wanted me to do your job uh, at the factory or, you know, whatever it is you do, I'm probably not your guy. But, uh, you know, it's people get good at what they have experience doing. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm giving this information, because even though there's no way for you guys to know this stuff without somebody with experience telling you, knowing this stuff can be the difference between protecting the value of your case and having your case go south. So I certainly don't want that for you. Um, what else do we have to talk about here? Um, oh, the last thing I'll say is, you know, it, this happens in PI, but also in workers' comp. I'll have a guy uh, or woman who gets hurt at work and they're like, I, I fell down and I twisted my knee and I hurt my back. And they're, let's say their back pain is very high. It's like 8 out of 10. And their knee pain starts out at 3 out of 10. So they go to the doctor they tell the doctor everything that's wrong with them. They accentuate the back complaints, and then the doctor only documents the back complaints and forgets to write down that there's a knee problem too. Then what happens is they treat the back aggressively. The back gets better. The knee still hurts. And now, you know, three, four months after the injury, for the first time, the doctor starts documenting the knee. So... You know, this is this is doctor's fault. You know, they they see lots and lots of patients um, every day, and so it's easy for them to miss it. So I always tell people, make completely sure that when you see a doctor, they document all of your complaints. You're you're dodging a bullet. I mean, I'm not kidding you when I tell you this issue comes up all the time. In fact, I I'm set for trial on a lady's case who had a really badly banged up knee. The emergency room only documented her back complaints. And then after the emergency room, a couple of weeks later, she follows up with her family doctor. Then her family doctor notes the complaints. And then, you know, another month goes by before he orders her an MRI. So now I have a situation where, depending on the medical records, it looks like she didn't even complain of her knee for 60 days after the crash. So um, you know, we both know, we all know what happened. She complained. The doctors didn't put it in the records. So uh, now she's got a case that's more of a challenge than it ought to be because, you know, the complaints aren't in the records. So when you go to the doctor in a workers' comp case or a PI case, 
absolutely make sure that the doctor is addressing every part of the body that got hurt in the crash um, can really make the difference, uh, you know, in, in the case. So I'm going to wrap it up now. Uh, you know, we've covered you know, personal injury cases, the big things to look for. Obviously, in a quick podcast, we can't really be exhaustive on this stuff, but we've covered personal injury cases and now we've covered workers' comp cases in this week's podcast. Um, again, if you have any questions, absolutely shoot them to me at service at desalvolaw.com. That's service as in at your service at desalvolaw.com. Or you can check me out on YouTube. Just search my name, Scott DeSalvo on YouTube. I've literally got dozens and dozens of, uh, injury videos there where I explain the ins and outs of different kinds of cases. So hope this information helps you. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully pretty soon we'll get the co-host on board. I've got a lot of ideas for expanding the podcast and making it more fun to listen to. <laughs> um, but again, thanks for listening. Have a great week and take care. Thanks for listening. I truly hope that the information in the podcast helps you no matter the situation you find yourself in. But you might need more answers or some more direct help. So there are three ways for you easily to find out more and to get help. If you call my toll-free 24-hour helpline, 888-HURT-318, you'll have a couple of options. 888-HURT-318 is my toll-free 24-hour telephone line. You can call that number and speak with my team night or day. First, you can call 888-HURT-318 and you can speak to me for a free consultation about your case or situation. That's always free and no obligation. Second, you can tell the operator that you'd like a free copy of my injury DVD and book. I created the DVD and book and I give it away for free to injured people who need answers but who might not be ready to talk to a lawyer yet. Same deal, 100% free, 100% no obligation. Third and finally, you can check out my YouTube channel for informative videos about the injury case and claims process, or check out my other podcasts for more information and interesting interviews with people who know different things about various aspects of the law. I've put all of this together to help you and to answer your questions. Now, you can also help me, and I hope that you will. If you enjoyed the podcast and if it helped you at all, please subscribe. And if you can, take a minute and please post a positive review of the show. If you're listening to the podcast on YouTube, like the video and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And if you know anyone who might enjoy the podcast, please spread the word and share it on Facebook. It's my mission to spread good information to as many people as possible. And your liking and reviewing and subscribing to the podcast helps me get the word out. Thanks again. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It doesn't substitute for consulting with a lawyer. If you have a case, speak with a lawyer right away. now.